0: We have a lot of videos of the podcast and various other tutorials on YouTube. You can subscribe to our channel at mixingmusicpodcast.com backslash YouTube. Happy mixing and enjoy the show Two, three. Yeah. Hello, and welcome back to the Mixing Music Podcast. I'm your host, DK, and we have a great episode today. Someone messaged me on Instagram about translation, getting mixes to translate. So I want to talk a little bit about that. There's varying levels to this, and there's a concept that I've been saying in other episodes that I think we're going to kind of pull together and solidify this concept here of translation and referencing and... All of the jazz that we're going to talk about. So, let's start with an easy example. I have a lesser experienced artist that messaged me over the internet and asked me for a mix. I mixed it down, sounded good in my opinion, and uh, they gave me revisions, which is normal. Not mad about that at all. And what did get me a little bit frustrated, though, was they gave me revision feedback for different listening devices. They gave me feedback... From when they listened to it on their headphones, in the car, in their studio, on their Bluetooth speaker. Different sources had different feedback, and a lot of them were clashing. For example, in headphones, he said, turn up this ad-lib. And then he said in the car, turn down that same ad-lib, right? So what is translation? Let's go over one more time. I say this a lot. There's another episode where I talk about referencing, which I'm going to talk a lot about in this episode as well. Everybody should reference. If you're mixing, you should reference. The point, when you're mixing, it is not your goal to make the music sound good out of your speakers or your headphones or whatever you're listening to. Can I say that again to make myself really clear? And it may come to a surprise to you. The goal is not to make things sound good through your speakers. That's right. The goal is to make things sound good relative to what's already out. Because what sounds good to your speakers is subjective. Because, again, the headphones sound different. The mix cube sounds different. Your AirPods and your car sounds different. In my car, there's no low end. And in my car, for some reason, the mid-range, the, it buries the vocals. The vocals sound quieter in my car than they do on the AirPods or in my speakers. In my JBL, like, Bluetooth speaker that I have at home, the bass is really loud. Like there's different characteristics for each listening device, and it's impossible to make everything sound perfect through all of them. So what is translation? Now, if the goal is to make it sound good relative to everything else, then I would say translation is the idea that everything sounds good relative to everything else online with that specific device. For example, if I make things sound good on my speakers, and I go to my car and I listen in my car, I listen to a lot of music in my car just for fun, commuting and driving around. Like I listen to a lot of music through it. I know what music is supposed to sound like through my speakers, just natively. Like I'm, you don't have to be a mix engineer to realize a mix is off if you listen to a music your mix in a spot where you listen to a lot of music. I go in my car and I realize, oh, the vocals are actually a little bit louder than all these other songs, relatively speaking. I wonder what it sounds like on my monitors or my headphones. And I go back to the AirPods and like, oh yeah, the vocals are definitely a little bit louder than what they sound like relative to everything else. So now I'm going to go back to the studio and turn down the vocals. Again, relative to what's already out on that device. All of the vocals in every song that are mixed well in my car have quiet vocals. That's just how it is. The, vo- the frequency spectrum of my car and the way that works. That's great. That sounds awesome. So it should also be slightly quiet so it doesn't distract the listener, so it doesn't change too much. That's what translation is. Now, this is actually my second time recording this episode because Pro Tools crashed and I ruined it and everything. It sucks. You know how it is, Pro Tools users. I'm sorry. Uh, but, but it's amazing. I'm able to, I said that in 15 minutes, and I just said it now in, what, five minutes? Not even the same thing? Let me go in a little bit deeper, Okay. If you are mixing vocals, or if you are mixing anything, it is your job to be an analyst. If you are a mix engineer, you are an analyst. Because you analyze as you listen to music for fun. Oh, this is how bright Tory Lane's is. Oh, this is how dark ACDC is? Oh. This is what the different vibes are for different eras of time. It was a lot darker, a lot more mid-range and bright highs during Motown days with no low end. And now it's like low end and highs and not a lot of mid-range. And you can see what areas, what eras have different sounds and what genres have different cultures. Yes, genres don't really have a specific sound, but it does have cultures. For example, a long time ago in hip-hop, to distort your 808 was a big deal. That was a big no-no. Don't distort those eight to and look at it now like everybody distorts their eight to weights you're weird if you're not if you don't you know like it's times change things change eras change cultures change over time but to go beyond that as I've said in the past, a mix engineer's job the only way to really fail is to make a mix distracting now there this is a little bit of a touchy subject there was someone local that I will not name that wrote, recorded, and produced this beautiful album and song. And there was someone local that reviewed this song. And the review went bad. The review said something along the lines of, First off, it complimented, said, I love the artistic approach. I love how this was written. I love the words. I love the lyrics. And then he commented on the producer's choice, which was obviously a choice. The producer decided to leave in a crap ton of white noise and a crap ton of just noises in general that made it sound like it was recorded terribly on purpose. It was recorded terribly on purpose. It was totally done on purpose. And so the reply of the review was, that was all on purpose, man. Like, don't leave us a bad review. This is on purpose. Like, we did it on purpose. I don't give a shit if it was on purpose or not. A bad mix is something that distracts the listener. Now, if I go and click on a song, let's say I listen to a song by Lauryn Hill, Miss Lauryn Hill, an older song, and then I go to your newer song that is in a similar playlist, and I hit next on Lauryn Hill's song, and then I hear your song. If it's not mastered, so it's quiet, right?, or if it's not mixed well so the vocals are too bright or not bright enough, which is more of the regular problem, if, if everything is going wrong, I'm not going to get a chance to listen to your song. I just went from Lauryn Hill where I was able to listen and feel her lyrics and understand her emotion to yours where all I can think about is what is going on with these drums and these vocals? It just doesn't sound good. Like Again, it doesn't take an analytical mind or a mix engineer's mind to realize something is not professional. This was not done professionally, and it's distracting the listener. Again, the point of translation is to keep it from distracting. If you don't distract the listener, then the bullseye of a good mix is pretty wide. You can get a good mix having it be dark, having it be bright, as long as it's not distracting. Distracting the listener is a definite no. So, let's go back to this example where I talked about where he was giving me feedback based on different listening sources. That doesn't make sense. What I should have said, when you do translate on different devices, it's because you're used to that device. For example, you hear this a lot. Go to your car to reference to make sure the car test, right? Why is there a car test that exists? I already gave you a hint, and I already talked about it. It's because you've probably listened to hundreds if not thousands of hours of music in your car, and you have a pretty dang good idea of what music is supposed to sound like through it. It's a pretty dang easy guess if something is wrong in your car because you listen to a lot of music in your car, right? Of course it's going to sound different than in the studio or in the AirPods. Of course it's going to sound different. It's, it's a beautiful thing for it to sound different. That's the point. It's not supposed to sound the same on all sources. It's supposed to sound good relative to everything else that's already out on the same device. So in my car, where the vocals are quieter, I changed, in that example that I showed, I decided to lower the volume in the studio because it was a little bit too loud from what I'm used to in the car. Then I checked the AirPods, and it was a little bit louder than what I was used to on listening to in, in my AirPods, so I turned the volume down. Because the point is not to make it sound good on everything, but it's to make it sound good relative to what's out on that specific device. So number one mixing engineer tip listen to a lot more music in front of your studio monitors. If you're trying to mix, reference, 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 reference all the time, but more importantly, just listen to music and understand the frequency responses of different sonic characteristics of each song that you listen to and understand the cultures of each genre and each era and how music is changing and how it has changed over the years. It is your job to analyze and listen to a lot of music from the listening position. There would be no need for a car test if you listen to way more music in front of your studio monitors than in the car. But to be honest, most people have to check in the car because they don't have a full-time mixing gig. So they don't spend as much time in front of their monitors. If you watch a lot of music, music, watch a lot of movies or listen to a lot of music in your home theater, then it might be a good idea to reference in your home theater. For me, it's the car and my AirPods, because I listen to a lot of music on my AirPods and a lot of music in my car. But I will still say, I listen to the most amount of music in front of my studio monitors, even just for fun. Not just mixing, not just referencing, but just for fun. So I know what music is supposed to sound like. And these monitors here are a lot more surgical, a lot more analytical. And they share a lot more frequencies. I can see, almost see, all the frequencies a lot more evenly than I can in the car, where it hides the mid-range. And in the AirPods, where it hides the mid-range and top-end, right? So where would it be best? In front of my monitors. They're supposed to be analytical. Monitors are meant to sound bad if it's bad. That's the point. And every monitor, every brand of monitor, and even size of monitor, and every room that you put the monitors in, it will sound different but what does it sound relative to what's already out? That's what's translation. So how do you get mixes to translate? Um, The person that DM'd me where this conversation started asked me about saturation, how to saturate the vocals. It could be saturation, and it could be EQ, it could be compression, but I can't tell unless I listen to something else and reference what is it that I need to do to make it sound good Relative to everything else that's already out. Mm, now we're talking. It might not be saturation. It might not be a specific thing. It might be volume changes. It might just be volume changes for real. Uh, a local artist out in Provo before I left wanted me to get one last minute mixing advice teaching gig. Kind of a thing where I just kind of gave him a one-on-one lesson. We mixed one. I showed him one of my mixes, and all I did was turn down the drums three dBs. That's all I did. No compression, no EQ differences, just turning down the drums three dBs. When I did that, the vibe of the song changed. He said before it was the rhythm felt like it was being driven by the drums, it was a lot more dancey, and now it feels a little bit more relaxed. You can barely, if you know what 3 dB sounds like, you could barely hear 3 dBs of difference in a mixing standpoint. Like, but it changed the emotion and the vibe of the song pretty obviously. It went from dancing, rock-driven, drum-driven bounce to, okay, it's a little bit more indie and a little bit more just easy listening. And all I did was change the volume, right? So in referencing, in translation, sometimes it's just volume. I heard someone say once that your your fader or your volume is your best EQ cuz things that are louder also sound different. But when it comes to translation, it's not a specific tool, it's not a specific adv- device, it's not a specific thing. It's it's what does everything else sound like? So it goes back to referencing. Reference reference. Have I said and talked about referencing enough? Oh my goodness. If you send me mixes for feedback, which I do for free and I still do, don't ask me if I if I still do it, because I definitely still do, uh, send me your MP3 or your file to deekei gmail at gmail.com. I'll reply as soon as I can. A lot of these feedbacks, it would be less feedback to give, and it's pretty obvious when I know you didn't reference. Now, if you did reference, it would sound probably a lot more it would sound a lot better. Relative to what's already out again. What is better better is just means More seam seam line like it's uh, no seams when you go from song to song and I don't ever have to think about your mix That's a good mix It that that is if I hit next right the reason why my job even exists is because that next the skip button Because if if you hit skip and it doesn't sound like a million bucks like that last song that you just played Which is Drake's which sounds like a million bucks? then nobody's going to listen to your song. They're just going to think about the sonic character. You don't have to be a mix engineer to know that something's off. You want it to sound like a million bucks. Like, that is the vibe. You want it to sound like I spent a lot of money and time on this, right? That's what you want it to sound like. And one of those ways is it's a tone. It's obvious. Like, if it sounds off, it sounds cheap. You don't want anything to sound cheap because people won't give your music a chance. Reference, my friends, reference, and translation is not on individual devices altogether, it's all together on each individual device. Did that make sense? It's not going to sound the same. Headphones will sound different, it'll have more reverb in headphones typically because everything is separated left and right, a lot more. There's no cross from right to left as speakers do. Reverb's going to be bigger. Yeah, just Listen. It's not supposed to sound the same on everything. It's supposed to sound good relative to what's already out. That's what translation means. So please, if you are sending me a mix, never, ever, ever again ask for revisions that are conflicting on different playback sources. I will not raise this ad-lib 2 dBs for your headphones and lower it 2 dBs for your monitors. I will not do that, okay? (laughs) Um, And neither should you. So I hope this episode helps. I hope that you kind of get, you, you get a better idea. And honestly, I hope that your mixes get better. Um, once again, like I say this a lot, mixing and learning how to mix takes time. The problem with mixing is that it's really difficult to know how good or bad you are until you look back in retrospect. Until you get better, you don't realize how good or bad you are. And so I can't, I don't really know how to help you and some and sometimes I get mixed feedback and I don't really know how to help you without touching it myself because I just kinda do things you know, my way and it's not really the right way, it's just that's just how I hear things, right? You hear music, all of our ears are different. Uh, Lou today, my new partner with this new studio space, which I'm in if you can tell, this is the temp, in the. I'm in the live room right now while they load up everything in the control room and wire everything up. Um, My partner in the business, Lou, he said, you know what? Sometimes, actually for a lot of humans, people hear the bass a lot better in their left ear. And he has a friend that said that the perfect amount of earwax, you know, I have a perfect amount of earwax to be able... No, like, everything sounds different to everybody. Nobody sounds good to everything. So the one consistent anchor to a good mix is what's already out. I hope that helps. Happy mixing, my friends. And please, stay saucy. One, two, three... (laughs) If you'd like to take advantage of my free guides and online videos, please check out links.dkmixes.com. That's links.d-e-k-e-i-mixes.com. Hey, what up? It's DK. Thank you so much for listening to the Mixing Music Podcast. I just want to do a quick plug. Did you know that I write kids' books? If you have children, nieces, nephews, I have books that are totally available for free or $10 on Amazon for physical copies. You can go to mixingmusicpodcast.com backslash kidsbooks to get access and learn more about that. Thank you for all of your support. Now let's get back to the show.